Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne, and my mission is to always help entrepreneurs make a difference in their businesses and navigate the sometimes challenging worlds of startup or growth or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our special guest and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. So today our special guest is Joe Casabona. And Joe uh, started his career over 20 years ago as a freelance web developer before realizing his true passion, and that's to help podcasts um, of any size make money so they can turn a hobby into a business. So, Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. I'm, I'm anxious to learn a little bit more about your, your business. So why don't we start by you... Uh, letting me and the audience know what's going on in your life to get you to this spot. Yeah. So I think there were a few key moments in my life that led me to being a, uh, I guess, a professional podcast coach. Um, the first thing was I was uh, a bit of a ham as a kid and uh, I liked to entertain. And that led to uh, my second grade teacher encouraging me to join drama club. And so I joined drama club in second grade, and I did that all throughout high school. Uh, also in high school, I discovered computers, and I was I was doing something. It came kind of naturally to me, and I really enjoyed it. At the same time, my church came to me, and they said, Joe, you're good with computers. We need a website. Can you do that? And I said, I don't know how to make a website. And they said, we'll pay you. And I said, I will make a website. <laughs> so uh, my first freelance gig was a paid gig. And from then on, I loved making websites and programming. I have my master's degree in software engineering. Wow. Um, but uh, I was doing and I was working at the agency level for a long time. I worked on sites like Disney and Nat Geographic, Boys and Girls Club of America. And I but I really missed the entertaining the entertainment part, the performer part. Uh, and and so I started a podcast. I started my first podcast in 2012, but that was just like a bunch of dudes talking. Like, that's not a good podcast. Um, so I started my first, my real first podcast in 2016. Um, it's called How I Built It. It got some traction because I was kind of telling the, I wasn't really telling founder stories. I was telling like the, the kind of gritty, like upcoming, right? Like what are... What were your failures that led you to your success? Um, and so that gained a lot of traction. It got sponsored. It became a big portion of my income. And people started asking me, like, how did you grow your podcast? How do you make money with your podcast? And so uh, about as we record this, about six months ago, I made the decision to pivot fully into podcasting and and teach people um, how they can make, I say how they can make their first $10,000 with their podcast. That's interesting. So you, you, you've got a, uh, well, I guess both of those things come, uh, software engineering and acting and stuff are both the creative aspects, but there's a whole lot of technical stuff that you got to go hand in glove in the software engineering part of it. Yeah. I always said I liked that cause I could flex both sides of my brain. Right. Yeah, and and so good. I'll, I'll never be the best programmer, but I am a programmer with person skills, and I will always take that over being the best programmer. 
Yeah, I, I've got a good buddy that's kind of a rock star savant programmer. And he said, unfortunately, most programmers don't understand the uh, the needs of the user. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's good to have those people skills mixed in. Yeah, absolutely. I know nothing about any of it. So I know I use, <laughs> use some of this stuff, but that's about it. So you said you pivoted about six months ago. What inspired you at that point to make the pivot? Well, a, a couple of things, I think. I, I found that while I do love programming and making websites, um, I started to enjoy the podcasting stuff more. And it seemed to me, I've got three small children at home. Actually, my youngest daughter is seven months. Um, and uh, I wanted something that I was where I was no longer trading hours for dollars, right? I wanted to, I'm self-employed. And so I wanted my business to, to enable a lifestyle where I could spend time with my family. And throughout the course of the pandemic, that was super important because my wife is a nurse. And so oh. she wasn't at home with the kids. She was at the hospital. And so it, the, taking care of the kids fell fell to me most days and, and I was grateful for that flexibility and I want more of it and so the podcasting stuff um, getting sponsors especially allows me to have some runway to develop my educational products the coaching that is kind of trading hours for dollars but it's it's more kind of teaching stuff I already know versus like going out and problem solving the way that you would programming right like something with coaching an hour is definitely an hour with programming i can say it'll take an hour but it'll probably take me three right uh because i got a some bug is going to come up so uh the, the that those were the the main drivers for for my pivot and and i just love podcasting uh i think it's a great medium for a lot of different people yeah i i agree at the the fun part of it for me is I get to meet a lot of folks like you that are out there in the world doing different things in different places from different points of view. And it's, it's always good to, to learn and, and see how other people experience things. So since you have coaching as part of what you're doing, um, what, what does your ideal coaching client look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Really important question, right? Because uh, at first I was like, I, I can just coach anybody, but that's not that's not what I want. My ideal coaching client is somebody who already has a podcast. They know how much work it is and they are struggling to make money. Um, and so those are kind of the three criteria. For people who want to start a podcast, I have a self-paced course. Those resources are a dime a dozen. But when I'm teaching people to make money, the value prop the value prop is really easy, right? You're going to pay me some amount of money, and then I'm going to help you to 5 or 10x that. So my time should pay for itself. Got it. Got it. So they, they have to know the business a little bit. They're struggling to make money, but they also have to have enough money to pay you for your time to get the return that they need. Yeah, yeah, or or at least see the value in in the investment, right? In right. into my time, right? And you know, you I mean, I'm not going to say usually, but there have been a few instances where it was mostly like a pep talk, right? That I I gave some of my clients and I'm like you just got to do this these few things and you're good to go and and then we were done. And then for some people it's more ongoing. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, how does how does the, the your ideal client find you at this point? I'm I'm doing a few things, right? So this is I'm I'm kind of in the middle of a major pivot. Um from most of my most of my list and most of my audience comes from specifically the WordPress space. That's where I did most of my development. Um so right now my goal is is getting on more podcasts to tell my story and what I can help people with. But um, I also have a YouTube channel where I'm teaching people these things through videos. Uh, I have a podcast called Make Money Podcasting, uh, and I'm putting some investment into that to to get the word out. Um, and then I'm, I'm uh, participating in communi- communities of creators and other entrepreneurs who are also trying to figure out other streams of revenue because again i think that hey a podcast you're you're creating content create the podcast and then we can make money with that podcast so uh that's those are the the main places that people are finding me these days okay good so you're helping people make money through through uh, uh making the most of their podcasts so have you in your in your new the new form, I guess, of your business. Have you set yourself like any 12 month revenue goals that you're working to achieve? Yeah, I, um, I've had a pretty consistent low six figure business. I, you know, it was, uh, you know, around $150,000 a year or so. Um, and I, I want to grow that to, um, about $250,000 this year. Uh, I'm pretty well on my way to that. Thanks to, um, mostly my podcast sponsors, um, and, uh, and a few coaching clients who I've signed within the last few weeks, really, as we record this. So, um, all of the, all of the stuff that I've been kind of laying the groundwork for both before my, before the full pivot, right. About a year ago, uh, until all of the effort I'm putting into within the last six months is, is, is starting to, uh, bear fruit. Good, good. That's good to hear. Yeah. So uh, uh, you're you're on your way, as you say. But are there any major uh, roadblocks in the way that you'd have to skirt around or overcome to to get there? Yeah, the hardest part for me is that I had a, a decent size mailing list, but it was all people interested in my programming stuff, right? So for a little background, right? Again, I was a programmer. I have multiple books on how to write, make websites, and write code. Uh, I do LinkedIn learning courses to do exactly that. And so most people were following me for that. Uh, When I made this announcement, like, hey, I'm really not going to talk about this anymore. I'm fully focusing on podcasting. I lost a large chunk of that list. So the biggest, the biggest kind of not really stumble, but roadblock maybe uh, is building that list back up and being more more uh intentional about who i'm getting on my list with the right lead magnets with getting in front of the right audiences i think that's been the hardest part for me and uh that you know i i'd like to say that there's a a a shortcut for that but it's just time it takes time yeah it's uh well even though you lost a a portion of your original list maybe some of those uh, know people that need the services that you have. So it's a matter of weeding out the ones that you know don't work, hanging on to those that you do, and then creating the correct messaging to, 
to have them help you out because obviously they hung in there with you because they liked what you were doing someplace else, which means they liked you. So they hopefully they want to support you in, in other things. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the, the response from the people who have hung in has been great. Like they've been supportive of the pivot. They've recommended people to my courses and things like that. It's just been it's been really uh, rewarding. Good, good. That's that's good to hear. So do you have any immediate identifiable opportunities that will that will help you get where you want to go? Yeah, I have, you know, I've got my product ladder, as some people say, right? So I've got these workshops that I do at $39. Those are relatively low. They're live workshops, but I have uh, my self-paced course and then I'm working on my cohort-based course. And again, I'm kind of doing this the right way where I'm not uh, just launching a thousand dollar course and hoping for the best. I'm talking to people and getting feedback and and things like that. And I hope to roll that out next month, as again, as we record this. Um, and then I've got my kind of my big services project, which is um, to help people build a profitable podcast. And so that is a service-based thing where people have a podcast and, and they want to make tweaks to it and make sure it's in all the right places and figure out how to monetize it. Good. Okay. So you got you got a number of irons in the fire here that'll yeah. help you get where you want to go. So with your coaching clients that have come in or you know just people that follow your courses, what's what's the best piece of advice you've ever given anybody about podcasting? You don't need a lot of downloads to get sponsors. I think that's the biggest thing that people need to hear, right? Cuz I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I need sponsors, so I need like 10,000 downloads per episode, um, and I don't have that, so I can't get sponsors, right? But really, you need a clear mission statement where you're talking to a niche audience, and then you find a brand who wants to get in front of that niche audience. So my, most of my coaching clients have that. If they don't, then that's the first thing we do is let's define your mission statement, let's define who your podcast is helping, and then we can get some brand alignment. And now let's identify some companies who want to reach the same people. So that's that's the, and that is that is worked out for a lot of my coaching clients. I have a couple of testimonials on the site uh, where they say like, after my first call with Joe, I landed my first sponsor. Wow. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a mindset shift and and a few tweaks to your show probably. But I think people people ultimately think like I need, I need a lot of downloads to make real money with sponsorship, um, and that's maybe true if you have a general purpose show like a true crime show or a fictional show. Uh, but if you have a niche podcast where you have a very identifiable audience, brands will pay money basically to. Uh, gain access to your trust and the goodwill that you've built with that audience. Excellent. So when, once you you get your mission and decide on your niche, then do you reach out to these potential sponsors or do they find you organically or how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. You got to reach out. I think that's the other thing that a lot of people um, worry about, right? Because what if they say no? And they probably will say no at first, right? You're probably reaching them like, mid advertising campaign cycle and they don't have the money yet but reach out to them form you know develop a rapport with them um and the next time they're ready to spend money you want to be top of mind is basically what i tell them so 
Um, some spawn, you know, I'm at a point where sponsors reach out to me. I've been doing this for 10 years and I, I've, I've been taking sponsors since basically my main show launched. So, um, I'm in a different situation, but if you're looking for that first sponsor, just like most things in business, you, you got to ask for it. Um, and just saying, Hey, sponsor my podcast isn't going to work. It's, Hey, you want to reach these people. My podcast reaches these people. You are doing a campaign about X. I just had an episode about X. Maybe there's a way that we can work together. Okay, great. And plus, if they need to see any examples of what you do, all they have to do is turn into your podcast, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's very it's very out in the open, right? It's right. a great way to establish trust both with listeners and brands because yeah. – there's not a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on, right? In a podcast. Yeah. If you if you've got a podcast to reach people and to help people, you certainly don't want to hide it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned a, a book or two. Did I hear that correctly? Have you you've written some books, but they're primarily about programming or yeah, that's exactly right. It was always a dream of mine to write a book. Um in the same vein of the books that taught me how to make websites. And so I was fortunate enough in in 2013 to write my first book and then i've had a couple of follow-ups since then my latest one is called html and css a visual quick start guide um and that teaches people you know the very technology that i learned to make websites so um i love it i'm very happy i did it i'm glad it's out there for you know intro to computer science students to to use as a resource um i am working on a a podcasting book though uh so i don't I've got the outline. I have a few chapters. I got to go through all the rigmarole again, though, to to get it published and 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 printed and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, have have uh, any of your books become bestsellers? No, mine are very niche. You know, they're like textbooks. So, uh, okay. but uh, they do they do pretty well in the classroom. That's kind of you know I, I i say that my books are page turners and that most people pick them up and just flip through the pages really quick and then put it down but uh for for the people who are looking to you know make wordpress websites or learn html um people have reached out or have found me at a conference a few people have found me at conferences and they're like your book changed my life and i'm i'm really grateful and a, a little uh I don't want to say weirded out. That's not the right word, but it's it's strange to think that something I did changed someone's life. It's really right. re rewarding, like I said. That's excellent. Well, you know, they yeah. say everybody's got a book in them, but uh, <laughs> most people don't know how to get it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. And one of the things we've we've helped with, I've worked with clients that have really helped them with the, the publishing and and growing their book to a bestseller status in a very short amount of time. So that's, uh, that's oh, wow. a, that turns out to be a great benefit uh, for them, you know, the giving them, I guess, credibility. We had uh, one person I worked with said it was a business card on steroids. So you know, yeah, that's, <laughs> I've heard the same thing. My friend Alistair has said that uh, where, yeah, your, your book is basically your business card. Now it's proof that you, you have at least a hundred pages worth of experience in whatever niche you're, you're trying to, to be a part of. Right. Right. So if, if there was uh, one thing that you could do or add to what you're doing or do differently that, that would help you 
grow faster or do better if indeed that's something you want to do what what do you think it might be uh, that's a really that's a really good question um honestly i think if you had asked me this probably like a month ago i would have said i need to figure out a way to get in front of more people um but I, i've talked to um you know some mentors and a business coach in the intervening time and i'm i'm implementing that so i think maybe the thing that I need to do differently is, as you said, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I still do, even though there are significantly fewer irons than, say, five or six months ago. Um, I think the thing I need to do different is is really focus on my most critical actions, right? Which is reaching out to more podcasts to see if they want to have me on so I can help their audience um, and and take important steps to get uh, qualified leads either on a Zoom call or on my mailing list to grow my coaching program and to fill up the seats in my cohort-based course. Yeah, there's there's uh, the uh, kind of a three-step process. First, you got to get volume in some way or another, and then you've got to be able to uh, qualify that volume you know are they the right folks to come in and then you got to see if there's a good fit that what you're offering and uh, could be a big benefit to them so but it all starts with the volume so any way that the, the the best way you can do that or any way you can figure out how to do it, it it's a good thing so we're getting we're getting down toward the end here you've given me a lot of good uh, information i'm sure the audience as well um, you got a nice, easy manner about you, so I, I can see how that would uh, would make your uh, audience uh, willing to listen and recommend. Um, so, do you have any any final thoughts? Anything you want to say about your business and how people can find you? Yeah, uh, so um, I have a few resources that I think are really helpful uh, for hopeful podcasters or current podcasters. Uh, and and one is my my podcast planning templates. Um, they're in Airtable, Google Sheets, and Notion. But um, if and you can get them for free if you want to head over to makemoneypod.com. We'll say slash Brian B R I A N. So makemoneypod.com slash Brian, and uh, you can get those free resources as well as a, a free workshop that I have. Um, and if if you want to grow and monetize your podcast. Uh, that's that's really the place to go for um, everything I'm I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of free content right now to help get people in the door. Right. Oh, good, good. And and thank you for elevating me to the level of a coupon code because that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I, I find here's here's a piece of advice for people who are going on podcasts. Um, have a custom landing page for uh, the podcast, and I always try to make it the host's name. Because that's usually like uh, three to nine characters, easy to remember, easy to type. So I was trying to make it the host's name. Oh, good. That's a, that actually that's an excellent idea. I, that that uh, I hope that that works well. So listen, I I uh, again want to say that I this has been a very pleasurable 25, 30 minutes for me. We've got lots of good information. I'm sure our audience is going to enjoy it. So. Um, if you got any parting shots or I'll just say thank you and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end the episode. 
Yeah, my pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me. I just I want to reinforce to your audience that if you do have a podcast or a YouTube channel or any content you're putting out, it's less about the number of eyeballs, right? The quantity of eyeballs, and it's about the quality of eyeballs. So if you want a brand deal, demonstrate to the brand that you are reaching the people they also want to reach. Excellent. Thanks very much. Again, it was very enjoyable. My pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me.